The best talk on your number one talk radio station. Horizon Talk Radio. Want to be a guest on the show? Any subject? Come on. Email Andy online at journalist.com. Skype Freedom Talk Radio 1. Or visit the website horizontalkradio.wordpress.com. The all-new Peugeot Partner Van, voted Van of the Year by Van Fleet World and International Van of the Year 2019. With so many awards, we're going to need a bigger van. To celebrate, visit your local dealer this March and test drive the professional partner and the even bigger expert and boxer at the Peugeot Van event. And with 0% APR for two years, that's definitely something to celebrate. Peugeot Motor Company PLC is a credit broker, not a lender. We'll introduce you to PSA Finance UK Limited, the finance provider. Conditions sale. Business users only. T's and C's apply. 18 plus finance subject status. 20% deposit required. You're listening to Freedom Talk Radio. We're dealing with the real issues because the children shouldn't have to run away. We're exposing the escalating nightmare and ignorance of child safety and abuse. Have you any serious issues with satanic abuse, organized paedophilia, abuse in power and parliament, victim blaming, exploitation and intimidation, parental alienation, reporting the authorities for abuse, whistleblowers, police, social workers, child sexual imagery, co-parenting with an abuser, a family member as an abuser. We'd like to hear from you. You can email us securely on freedomtalkradio2013 at gmail.com, freedomtalkradio.co.uk. Yeah, very warm welcome uh, to this Monday. It's 11th of March. It's 8 p.m. in London, 3 p.m. in Eastern Standard Time, and 12 noon Pacific Standard Time in the Americas. We're here today with Arthur Rafferty, um, who recently, in the last couple of years, um, asked the Chief Constable and the Police Ombudsman to reopen the case because of a North Belfast man whose father was murdered. Um, that's Arthur, his dad, senior. 37 years ago by the IRA. He's asking the Chief Constable at the time and the Police Ombudsman to reopen the case. Arthur Rafferty Sr. was shot on September the 8th, 1974 in Newington Street. The 56-year-old Catholic civilian died three weeks later. His son also called Arthur. Rafferty believes he knows exactly who is his father's murderer and is calling for him to stand trial, even though he believes the man was working for the British government and is being protected by them. Yeah, uh, before I introduce you to Arthur, I've been reading about uh, that this, the man, um, we'll call him Steak Knife because I've, I, I can't pronounce his name very well, but it, it's something like Scapatici. Um, he was the double agent in Ireland um, for the British government and the IRA. Um, a lot of murders went on, and as we're all going to learn very soon, there is an inquiry or police investigation going on. Um, so, you know, all this happened years ago. And what really annoys me is why should you as a person wait all them years? I mean, it must be torture for poor old Arthur Senior here, sorry, Junior, to wait all these years to know what really happened to his dad. And he's been given information from good characters, good people that wants the less he's suffering but still his fight goes on because of the police ombudsman and the chief constable. But thank God there is a police investigation going on, and we will cover that very shortly. So Arthur Rafferty from the Arthur Rafferty Foundation, um, pleased to meet you again, my friend. Okay, we seem to have a, a technical error. 
I'm just getting back in. Welcome to the O2 messaging service. The person you are calling is unable to take your call. Please leave your message after the tone. To re-record your message, key hash at any time. I've heard, was trying to talk to you, my friend. Um, I'll call you on the other number. Sorry about this, um, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Hello, Arthur. So we must have got cut off somehow. That's right, right. Well, I'll, I'll edit the... Um, we are live, but um, I apologise to the listeners for that. I will... E- edit the um, beginning. Um, it, i tell you what I should do is if we pause for two seconds then I'll start again. Yeah, joining me today um, is Arthur Rafferty um, senior, sorry, junior. His dad was murdered all them years ago, uh, 37 years ago at the time of this article. He was murdered in Newington Street in Belfast in 1974 on September the 8th. Uh, he was 56 years old, he was Catholic, and died three weeks later. His son, Arthur Rafferty uh, Jr., from the Arthur Rafferty Foundation, believes he knows exactly who his father's murderer is, and is calling for him to stand trial. Later on, we'll talk, as I said um, earlier, about the investigation that's going on. We'll, I'll also throw in a couple of more articles I've got. But for now... Um, Arthur, you was on the show um, a couple of years ago, or even last year. Time flies very quickly. And what really concerns me um, about our country we live in, Northern Ireland, Ireland, Great Britain, you know, Britain and Ireland together, whatever, is how they, the authorities somehow, or the way our countries have been designed, we seem to be at each other's throats for no reason. But that's... Not the. That's just a comment, really. I just wanted to see how that chief constable and police on, ombudsman um, is going with reopening the case. Did it get anywhere at all? Alpha. Yes. Yeah. Did, yeah. Did they manage um, to agree to open the case again? Well, I've asked them them now, and I put it in the papers. I want them to have an inquiry into my father's father's, uh, murder because they had their say, and the the ombudsman was all for me. He said that the police made mistake after mistake after mistake, but the only thing he just says at the end that he doesn't think there was collusion between the police and the people that murdered my father. Now, the dogs in the street know who murdered my father here in Belfast, yet that ombudsman couldn't say, yes, I was just, I was scared After all, he works for the police. He's, that's what he's there for. And he was, um, you know, it, it's quite common knowledge. He was a, a double agent. Of course, he was, of course. It was a double agent. He wasn't on anybody's side. In fact, he was, he was on both sides, and, and that probably made things more complicated, but, it, it, you know, tell me how, again, that you know um, Scapatici actually murdered your father. Well, as I'm saying, uh, Andy, I said the last time, and I've said this for three years, I met a fellow called Brendan Coos. He phoned me and he wanted to... Ten seconds. He, wa- he phoned me and he wanted to speak to me, and I had a meeting with him in his flats, in Dibbs flats. The abandon was able to tell me everything that happened to me. Maximum length. Message deposited. Thank you for calling. Goodbye. It's okay, Arthur. Just technical problems. It 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 was still linked to the mobile. Not to work. Hang on. <laughs> as as I'm saying, I got a call from one of the one of the top men of the IRA. They he read my stories in the paper about me trying to find out what happened to my father and who murdered my father. And he wanted to meet me in his home and did his flats. Now I went to meet him, 
I was warned not to go, but I went. And we had a good long talk. And he gave me everything I wanted to know about my father. He said, my father was shot and a mistake. It was a mistake. But the man that done my father, very scapitated. He told me the whole story. And I'll be reading a whole list of the things he said to me on the, so we're on the site here very shortly. But that's the man that put me straight. If I had been written on the police or the authorities here in Northern Ireland to tell me who murdered him, I'd have been still written. Okay, can we um, play a little six-minute video to give everybody an overhaul of what's going on? If you stay on the line and then come back and, you know, carry on with um, what you was going to say about the uh, comments that were made because it's very interesting and late, later on or part two I'd like to um, play a 10-minute video about the stank knife story yes. itself. Um, yes. And then everybody will get a, an overview of your story, who that person was, Scuppy yeah. TG. Um, yeah, I, I think that's um, a good idea. So stand the line and listen to this. You've probably heard it millions of times, but a lot of yes. the viewers and listeners haven't. Um, and, and, and thanks, everybody, at the moment. We've only been on 10 minutes. But there's a lot of questions in the co uh, comments box. But even if we can't get on to them, Arthur yeah. will give you his website and later on and a YouTube channel. And you can talk to you know directly to Arthur. Wait, I'll, I'll play this video. This is your video, um, 6 minutes 24. Yeah. This is Arthur Rafferty. He is 70 years old and terminally ill from asbestos poisoning. For the past 36 years, Arthur has been trying to find the man who murdered his father. My father, in 1974, on the 15th of August, was in a bar in North Belfast called The Hole in the Wall. Two doctors, one Martin Megan, told my father a story. Whatever they told him, it must have been good, because my father was not a stupid man. So he wa left his drink and walked out with them. He came past number 12. Two men were waiting in number 12, one with a loaded armlade rifle. They came out of the house. The father knew there was something wrong, and he ran. And they chased after the father, shot him 12 times, and the father lay here. Both Arthur and his father were part of a dockers union run by known members of the IRA. As Arthur began looking deeper into his father's murder, the connection became increasingly apparent. My father was murdered because he spoke out against our union. Our union was run by Sinn Féin IRA. And all the, all the top men in the top jobs of our union were all members of Sinn Féin IRA. And my father spoke out against them time and time again because he would take no nonsense from them. And they didn't like that. North Belfast in the 1974s was packed day and night with army and police. You couldn't have got walking whereas you were stopped and questioned. Yet these people had time to come to walk my father for 500 yards down into Newington Street and shoot my father at my father 12 times go into the house again, put the gun away, walk down the street past my father, he was lying in the street, bleeding to death, get into a taxi and get down to the New Lodge Road without seeing, without meeting any police or army. That to me sounds funny. Number 12 was a safe house for the area. The police got information about a week or so after that about a rifle was in that house. Someone phoned in. The police raided that house, found the rifle, found a magazine, found ammo, found gloves, balaclava and a boiler suit. They all went missing. A brown envelope with two bullets in it was put through the mother's letterbox. A little note on it, this is for your two sons, get them out of the country. But I'm still here. After over 30 years of asking questions and getting answers few and far between, in 2005, Arthur got a call from the most unlikely of sources, one-time IRA company commander, Brendan Hughes. Brendan Hughes phoned me out of the blue. I never met the man in my life. 
He's told me he wanted to meet me, he read my story in the paper, and he wanted to speak about the father's murder. Well, I had, second, I had two minds about going there because I was going right into the heart of the Lower Falls, which was run by these people. Plus, they lived in a big high-rise flats. There was only one door in and one door out, the same door. But I made my mind up to go after I'd been fighting this case for a long time. I went up and I spoke to the man. He shook hands with me, I explained who I was, he told me who he was, we went in, we had a cup of tea. And then he started to tell me, he told me exactly what happened, as I've told you. But I believe him, because after all, the boss of the ARA is on television day and daily, said he was never in the ARA, at least this man came out and told me the truth. And I believe he told me the truth because he knew he was dying the man, and he wanted to ease his conscience. The truth that Rafferty heard was that his father was shot by Freddy Scapatici, the head of the IRA's punishment squad. In 2003, Scapatici was revealed to be a high-level agent for British intelligence, solidifying Rafferty's claims of a cover-up. Since, Scapatici has fled the country. Scapatici has signed an affidavit that his solicitor holds that if anything ever happens to him, he's to release that. Many a people, a person, he's put to death with the knowledge of the RUC. And if he fell, the whole of Storm would fall. It's as simple as that. But the police and the HCT and the Ombudsman and the other corrupt people up in Storm may be hating this fellow Scapatici in London. He's not too far away from me. And now if he wants to try and take out another Arthur Rafferty, let them come to me. Simple as that. I've lost my life in a way that it's, it's a vicious circle. This corrupt union that tortured my father and helped to murder my father has also killed me. I'm dying. Same people. Yet these people, when I walk past them in the street, go to the other side of the street. If they're driving past me in a car and they see me coming, their head shoots the other way. They don't want to talk to me. I told my father when he was down in the hospital, he was cut practically in two. The doctors in the hospital didn't, didn't. They told me that time I went in the first night and he would die that night. That man lasted for nearly four weeks. A good strong man. And he told me, he told me everything bar the people had done it. And I want to make sure that his story is heard. I told him I wouldn't leave it until I do. That was a very heart-wrenching um, audio of you, Arthur. Um, yeah. It must still hurt, you know, um, even all these years later, because, you know, you were there when your dad was dying and... Anyway, let, let's a, move on, a, on the, to what you was going to say. Yeah. I, I, I was in the hospital every hour, every minute he was there, and I seen that man suffer. And I swore. Now, I'm a Catholic myself. I'm supposed to be a Catholic. I swore that the, the way that man died, I would love to see Scapatiti down the same way. Because that man suffered. He was practically cut in two. The doctors couldn't believe he lasted that long. I'm sorry for interrupting on that. No, that's all right. I mean, Will Power probably played, uh, you know, a lot of that. Yeah. You know, he wanted to try and... Well, he may have wanted to try and you know, get his people that hurt him into justice while he was alive. Yeah. yeah. All, all these things happen in your mind when you, you're dying. And like the other gentleman... Um, from the IRA, he wanted to confess before he died. So we don't always know what's going on in people's minds when yeah. they're dying. But I think some willpower made him last a long time, your dad, you know, because like you said, if it's cut in two, it wouldn't have lasted above a few days normally. That's right. That's right. So. But he was a good, strong man, and I, and I spent every minute there with him in the hospital on the had <coughs> It nearly broke my heart. But how old How old was you when you was um, in that hospital? He was. My father was only 56 years of age, and he had eight children. How old was you? Uh, I was about 23, 24. 
I'd like to see you as an adult. It's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. For the same man, slow in bed, a big strong man that worked all his life and was a great worker at the Belfast Docks. Suffering, lying in bed, couldn't do nothing. That's what they, they built some famous ships, didn't they, in Belfast Docks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, my father, he wasn't a builder of ships, he was a docker. He worked in the ships unloading cargo. Okay, yeah. But a great worker, a great worker. And not, there was 1,400 dockers in our union, and not one of them could say a word about him, because he was a worker. Well, I'll give you a couple of little um, stories verbally now that I've found, and and then you can carry on. Um, mm -hmm. We know from a news article, and I'm not going to read that one out, that Freddie Scappatici uh, was found guilty of pornographic images. He was yes. given a three-month uh, suspended jail suspended. sentence yeah. Yeah. For, for animal sex abuse. Yes. Um, pictures, graphic in detail at the highest level. Yes. We also know that the investigation into the murders of the era you're talking about, yes. he was put on bail a year and a half ago now. Let let me read March the 6th now, 2019, which is only five days ago. Yes. It says, a major investigation into a notorious British spy inside the Republican movement has uncovered evidence of criminal wrongdoing by both IRA and security force members. It has yes. emerged. Bedfordshire Chief Constable John Boucher intends to submit the material for decisions on potential prosecutions surrounding the activities of the agent, codenamed Stankknife. The updated position was disclosed by the High Court as part of a civil action being taken against Freddie Scappatici, uh, the Belfast man, who denies being the spy linked to dozens of murders. I mean, it says here dozens of murders, but I've, I've seen videos and other press articles says that this particular man, if found guilty, he could be responsible for four zero to 50 murders alone, just himself. My, um, I may be wrong on that. It may be his group, but I'm sure they stated it was him personally. Anyway. On it. You are sure, because the man that knew him inside out was this fellow, Brendan Cuse. And Brendan could name, Brendan sat with me for two separate meetings, and he gave me his last count of Scapatici's death for 72. No matter what the police say, the police will say as low as possible, because they know, when the public knows that he's committed 72, maybe more, murders. And the police knew all about that. What were they doing? How can they call themselves a police force? Uh, the bit annoys me in this article. I wasn't quite finished. And you're right about, you know, how can they call themselves police forces? That's number one. He let Scapatitia left Northern Ireland in 2003. Now, if he's done nothing wrong, a why did he want to leave, or b why did somebody else want him to leave into um, a so-called safe house because we I know from researching the internet last year for days and today all day there's only one possible sighting of him in a cottage in south south of England near London you know there's been no sighting of him apart from you know obviously that's where he got the, the animals from sorry um, yeah. I digress yeah. on that one but before quitting his home in Northern Ireland he vehemently denied being the spy while in charge of the IRA's internal security team, the so-called Nutting Squad. Now, for other people who don't know what the Nutting Squad is, um, you basically get shot in the head if you come across the Nutting Squad. And so Mr. Boucher, the Chief Constable of Bedfordshire, is heading up Operation Canivo, uh, the name given to the probe, into Stankknife. I mean, has anybody... I haven't got to my point yet because I've forgotten it, but has anybody ever... Imagine, you know, let's say, I'll give you an example. Let's say an investigation into mad cow disease or an investigation into child abuse. You know, they call it Operation A, B, C, and D. And it usually involves a lot of people. But yes. this is an operation into one man and yes. what he did. 
Yeah. Um, uh, oh, yeah, my point is there's been 60 police officers and so many civilians, which is a, a, a lot of people on this case for a long time now so far. They've got 1,000 statements and, and 12,000 documents. There's 20 private court cases going against this gentleman. Uh, I'll call him gentleman at the moment, innocent until proven guilty and all that rubbish that you have to say <laughs> to be impartial. Um, but this is going to cost, on estimate, £7 million. The Northern Ireland Finance Division recently said, you know, we've got £7 million, you know, because I think the original cost was about five. And they said recently, we'll give you seven million. Now, if you divide seven million by the 50 victims and their families, that is at least a small way. You know, who needs an inquiry? People exactly. need closure. People need an inquiry. People need some financial um, redress because of what's happened. And anyway, that, that now, is my, my point on that. The Canova people, I've had meetings after meeting, after meeting with them on John Butcher. And I have no faith in them at all. And the last meeting I had with them, I told them that. I said, don't be bothering me again. Because they're coming to the same, tell you the same thing all the time. They arrested Scapatiti, as you say there, and they took him into a hotel. What was that all about? If they arrest me, they take me in the police station. Wow. And and See, they don't, they don't put that on he national news, do they? So, sorry about that. They don't put that on national news, do they? No, what he, he was saying, this, is, this came right from the horse's mouth. And I told him and his staff, I want nothing more to do with them because I can see myself on it. They're not going to bring this man to justice because if they get this man in court, if I can get him in the court and he can tell the truth, the whole of the British government right up to the top will fall. And the whole of the RUC has to fall. Because after all, they had him and hundreds of other Sinn Féin and loyalist terrorists working for them. So how can a police station do that? Exactly. And I guess if you add in Brexit to all that, you know, uh, yeah. we're in for a rough ride in the next few months. Exactly. Exactly. As I'm saying, Andy, all I want is justice for my father. And I know now, I'm old enough, I'm 79 years now. And I know I'm not going to get any justice in this country. Because this British country here, the justice here, is corrupt. And as you say, they're sending these ex-police from London over here, and it's costing the taxpayer a fortune. And they're going to learn the same old things all the time. They're looking into the RUC, and the RUC is every bit as bad as them. They are police, looking into police. So what chance has the ordinary members of the public? Yeah, I mean, it's the same. You'll hear some noise in a minute. Um, don't worry about it. We're still being recorded. It, it, it's just a little bleep saying we're going to go off air, but when, we're actually not. Um, when this comes out, it'll be edited in, in a full version on Arthur's YouTube channel and freedomtalkradio.uk. Um, yeah, over here, you know, if you go to the police and you've got a problem... You go to their professional standards. Um, they normally agree with the police, not the public. Yeah. If you don't like professional standards, you go to the Independent Police Complaints Commission, and they usually agree with the professional standards. So the public really don't get any say whatsoever, ever. And you're right on that one. Yes. Well, Andy, I must be the only man in Northern Ireland that won't and can't go to the police any help at all whatsoever. Yes, it's a shame what's, what's going on. My house was broken into. One of my cars was badly damaged and one of my other cars was stolen. And I can't report it to the police because no matter what I report to them, they just take the bit of paper and tear it up. Because I'm trying to find justice for my father. They want me to go home and shut up. That's it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, on that, you know, on that note, um, in Northern Ireland, Belfast area, we won't mention names, but I was helping a gentleman, and so, so right he deserved all the help he could get at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad 
our friend, if he's listening, he knows who he is. Um, he was having the same problem. Every yeah. time he was running around the city in his car, they was intimidating him. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Because he had a mother that died and a family dispute, and the, lo- the local authorities and police decided that we'll be on the bad side um, of, of this argument, not on the good side. This yeah. gentleman was only trying to get... He was intimidated by PCSNI. Well, Sean, I'll tell you another thing very shortly. Uh, the police have hacked into my phone at least a half a dozen times. And they hacked into my insurance company and stopped my insurance. Now, I had two cars fully insured, fully taxed and licensed. They stopped the car that I was driving, the insurance on it. I'm driving up the Falls Road. Two of them bounces out out of nowhere, stops me, knows my name and all, says, Mr. Offley, you know this car has no insurance on it? I said, well, that's news to me because I have two cars and they're fully insured. So I went back to the office, phoned up the insurance company. The insurance company says, oh, that insurance in that car has been stopped. They've done that to get me to court. And I lost my license for six points. That's because I'm fighting my father's case. I'm trying to get justice for a man that they murdered. It's, it's easy done. I mean, people are listening to this now thinking, oh, wait, well, he must be talking rubbish. If he's paid his premiums, um, you know, then there's there's no problem. He's mistaken. But now it's actually easy done. And all they need to do, um, they can do it two ways, I guess. The first way is tap into your, your bank and cancel the direct debit. Yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure that you know banking systems won't allow that, but you could also tap into emails um, to, to to cancel it by finding that that direct debit. And yeah, I mean, because we all use cookies at the moment, so okay. that means when you've got an email from your bank or you've been onto the bank website in your yeah. browser, you keep it private just for you. So if somebody's in your computer. Um, this has definitely happened to me and I've proved it not in a court of law but against our corrupt local Scottish police I've proved that somebody came in here because what, what they didn't know I was recording it whether the computer's on or off everything I've done it's recorded um, anyway all they need to do is get into your computer it's very easily done if you're professional they then stop the direct debit and the bank looks at it, oh, Arthur Rafferty, he stopped his direct debit because he doesn't know about this yeah. and the bank doesn't tell him. Having said that, Barclays Bank will now tell you every time you cancel a standard order and a direct debit. Um, but most banks don't. And, of course, you wouldn't have known and that's why they stop you. It's easily done if you're in intelligent. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm in now. I have two cars on insurance and I phone up me every month to make sure that the insurance are still on them. That's what I have to do for these police. Just because I want some justice for my murdered father. I mean, a lot of people would um, tell you about that, that, you know, there's penalty points on their driving license when they've never been to court for it or yeah. never been involved in an accident or a, this, that and the other. It's it's re- ridiculous what's going on. Well, I mean, as I'm saying, I'm 79 now. I've been driving for 50 odd years, and I've never had one driving, anything at all wrong with me about driving. No convictions at all. Until recently here, these police have, have uh, went out of the way to make sure that I'm in trouble. And that was the first time in, ever in years I was in the court. Yeah, well, we, we know they target your income, they target where you live, yeah. Uh, they target your your driving. It's all, you know. It's nice. harassment, aren't they? That's what it, it is. It is harassment, but they do it in a, a nice way to start with. Yeah. But, you know, penalty points on your license or ban yeah. you from driving. Insurance. Yeah. This. Um, then it'll be a few knocks on your door when you, when you're trying to sleep. There's no one there, but that, that's what happens. It is intimidation and harassment. Well, you have to ask yourself, Andy, what type of police have we? What type of morality have these people? 
like a man of 70 nine years of age, terminally ill with asbestosis, and six weeks ago I took a stroke. And yet these people are harassing me every day in the week. You're very lucky to be um, here still with, with a terminal well, illness. Saying, I have to be here because yeah. if I'm not here, anything happens to me. My father's case is dead. That's I think I told, told you in the previous show that um, my, my um, brother-in-law, my sister's husband years ago, probably 20 years ago now, he had that same terminal diagnosis. He lasted three months. Yeah. Um, and he was fit, fit as they come as a builder. Yeah. But, it, you know, you've had this disease for a long time. and I think years, aren't you, haven't they? I don't believe in God. Sorry, I believe in a God and spiritual um, good good being, but I think you, you've, you've got that extra little special touch from well, someone that's, somewhere. That's what I'm saying. I, mean, I think God's given me time to sort my father's case out. And you will get justice. I do feel I that. Out. Yeah, I saw that. Should it be the last thing I do on, there, on this earth, I saw his case out. I told him that when he was lying on his bed dying. And he laughed at me. He smiled. He knew me. But I, I'm a type of person. Never gives up. And he knew that. And I just hope I can get Scabbard teaching the court so he can tell his little, his little stories and get them police disbanded. I get the British government through it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we'd love that too because, you know, it's <laughs> happening politically. But um, I think what it needs is an overhaul of all our police courts, judiciary system. Uh, that would be a good start to saying sorry for the past. Because, you know, we've had a corrupt system, I don't know how long for, but it must have at least been for the last 50 years since the Second World War. Plus, because before them, you know, a lot of people will say, why all of a sudden? Uh, it's probably easy. There's a lot of money involved all of a sudden recently. But before that, you know, I mean, even going back, let's say, in cowboy and Indian times, if you cause trouble, you've seen it on the, the good cowboy films, because some of them are propaganda. But on the good cowboy films, you know, you've done wrong. You get a couple of weeks in jail and, and you go out. Or... If somebody, um, yeah, has drove the horse the wrong way and didn't pick up the the, the poo from the horse, you know, they get a, a fine. But now, when you go to court, they're trying to the defence is trying to defend you, but the prosecution. Sorry, how do how do I explain it? That's it. The defender trying to prosecute you, and the prosecution are trying to prosecute you. Exactly. You don't have a exactly. chance in court. And, and I want to say this, this court system here in Northern Ireland has to be the most corrupt court system in the world. It's run by the British government. They have refused my father, me, to get legal aid to take his case to court. They have refused me legal counsel to take his case to court. And the Attorney General here, John Largan, he won't even give him an inquest. Looking at that, you would say, I must be the most unpopular fellow in North Ireland. Well, they are very keen on not They're doing inquests. Yeah, and not doing inquests. I've realised that over the last few years, especially yeah. where in, in another case, the daughter died um, because of the medical negligence. Yes. This was in Liverpool, Alderhey Hospital, and all the woman wanted and, and the dad was, you know, an interest. An inquest, and they wouldn't give it. You know, they're not blaming anybody. It's a bit like saying, you know, if you say I drove on that motorway, prove that it was me. I just yeah. want confirmation that, you know, that actually happened. But but what, what tears, tears the public apart is when there's all this, you know, we call it cover-up. Maybe they... They call well, it something else in authority. It is a cover-up because the last two people in that seat, Barry McCrory and John Largan, both of them are very, very, very high up in Sinn Féin politics. So therefore, they're not going to go out of their way to help me. And I know that, and they know that I know that. That's why they're not helping me. 
So is it what, going, they want, what they is want it, me to do, Andre, sorry. is to take my case to court here in Belfast with these corrupt judges. What chance have I of getting my father's name claimed here? Because I got a claim because I got asbestosis. And the money sitting in my bank, not doing to do nothing, and I could spend that money to pay for my fees here. But why should I? My father worked all his life, and I worked all my life. I'm entitled to legal aid. But they won't give me it. Well, compensation, um, for whatever reason, should... It, no, not should. I know this, because I've helped people who thought the compensation <laughs> would be taken into account. No, compensation yeah. is never taken into account for legal aid, full no. stop. In UK, as in England and Wales and Scotland. Yeah. Now, yeah. I don't know how they work in Northern Ireland, of course. Well, uh, that's still run by the British rules. And the only thing that stopped me getting it is because I'm taking Sinn Féin Airey, a man, Sinn Féin Airey murderer, who was a British agent, to court. And they don't like that. Well, this video, um, when we get it sorted, will be shared in the right places. And I urge anybody listening to this, and, and I'll try and highlight this particular minute, minute in, in, in the scene, another minutes that, that I think is relevant when I do an email to them. You know, if you are from the court system, the, the authorities, you are involved in this case, you are, you know, involved in Bedfordshire Police, investigation listen to what Arthur's saying you know he won't get any justice in Belfast you as an inquiry or an investigation used an independent source in a way from Bedfordshire because they could have used the Northern Ireland uh, police force but they yeah. didn't they went to Bedfordshire so therefore the trials of, of anybody should be in an independent place yeah. agreed by all because they they do that in war crimes, don't they? You know, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's done in the Hague in in Netherlands. I know it's not quite a war crime, but in a way, it might be. Well, it just seems to me, Andy, that every turn that I take, there's a door there and a slammed. Take to me. They just don't want to uh, get Scabatici to court because if that man talks, there's going to be a terrible lot of red faces in the British parliaments along with the police here. And well, they can't let him go to court. I believe in karma, and they arrested him at least. I mean, that's a start. Yeah, but that seemed to be, because I had I had a few words with them when they told me they arrested him. I said, well, when is he going to come back to Belfast to be questioned? Well, let him out, no. No. That's only to let the people see that they're doing something for all the thousands of pounds that the taxpayer is paying them. Up to seven million, this inquiry. And I told them out to their face, Andy, and they didn't like it. Because one thing with me, Andy, I'm not behind the door. If I something to say, I'll say it. I knew they weren't going to help me with my father's case, so I told them not to bother with me again. Well, if anybody is going to shoot the uh, if anybody is going to settle the father's case, it'll be me. At least he can depend on me. Well, maybe if they come come in the future with, look, Arthur, we'll do it on, on most of your terms. Maybe you can talk again, but if they don't at least do what you want and the other victims, because I'm sure a lot of the victims may be thinking the same way. Well, on the other way, I'm thinking, I'm not fighting just for my father's case against his father, Scapatice, a.k.a. Stigney. He's killed at least 72 known people. And some of his own people as well. He shot them dead. The man's a psychopath. They're working for the British government and working for the RUCPSNA. They knew all these years who murdered my father and they hid the information. So as a police force, they are nothing short of a joke. Yeah, well, we've got one minute of this session left and we'll go back to part two and... I'll stand the line. Um, what I'll do, I think, um, rather than playing it in second part, I'll add the steak knife story onto this part, and we'll yeah. start part two um, afresh. Okay. So um, thanks for listening, and 
Do you want to quickly give out your YouTube channel? Yes. It's also roughly one at gmail.com and the mic too. If you want to see all my all my films, it's also roughly YouTube. That's great. Um, we'll be back in part two. Right on. Love a good selfie. Take your photos to another level with the Samsung Galaxy S9 from the Tesco Mobile Samsung Sale. It's yours for our lowest ever monthly price of £26.75, saving you £72 with no additional upfront costs. Sale ends 31st of March, so go in store or online now. Tesco Mobile. Every little helps. Saving based on £2 per month over 36 months. 36-month credit agreement. 24-month usage agreement with Tesco Mobile Limited. Subject to status phase. Policy applies. See tescomobile.com slash terms. This is Arthur Rafferty. He is 70 years old and terminally ill from asbestos poisoning. For the past 36 years, Arthur has been trying to find the man who murdered his father. My father in 1974 on the 15th of August was in a bar in North Belfast called The Hole in the Wall. Two doctors, one Martin Megan, told my father a story. Whatever they told him, it must have been good, because my father was not a stupid man. So he wa left his drink and walked out with them. He came past number 12. Two men were waiting in number 12, one with a loaded armlet rifle. They came out of the house. The father knew there was something wrong, and he ran. And they chased after the father, shot him 12 times, and the father lay here. Both Arthur and his father were part of a dockers union run by known members of the IRA. As Arthur began looking deeper into his father's murder, the connection became increasingly apparent. My father was murdered because he spoke out against our union. Our union was run by Sinn Féin IRA, and all the, all the top men in the top jobs of our union were all members of Sinn Féin IRA. And my father spoke out against them time and time again because he would take no nonsense from them. And they didn't like that. North Belfast in the 1974s was packed day and night with army and police. You couldn't have got walking whereas you were stopped and questioned. Yet these people had time to come to walk my father for 500 yards down into Newington State and shoot my father at my father 12 times go into the house again, put the gun away, walk down the street past my father who was lying in the street, bleeding to death, get into a taxi and get down to the New Lodge Road without seeing, without meeting any police or army. That to me sounds funny. Number 12 was a safe house for the area. The police got information about a week or so after that about a rifle was in that house. Someone phoned in. The police raided that house, found the rifle, found a magazine, found ammo, found gloves, balaclava and a boiler suit. They all went missing. A brown envelope with two bullets in it was put through the mother's letterbox. A little note on it, this is for your two sons, get them out of the country. But I'm still here. After over 30 years of asking questions and getting answers few and far between, in 2005, Arthur got a call from the most unlikely of sources, one-time IRA company commander, Brendan Hughes. Brendan Hughes phoned me out of the blue. I never met the man in my life. He's told me he wanted to meet me, he read my story in the paper, and he wanted to speak about the father's murder. Well, I had, second, I had two minds about going there because I was going right into the heart of the Lower Falls which was run by these people. Plus, they lived in a big high-rise flats. There was only one door in and one door out, the same door. But I made my mind up to go after I'd been fighting this case for a long time. I went up and I spoke to the man. He shook hands with me. I explained who I was. He told me who he was. We went in, we had a cup of tea. And then he started to tell me. He told me exactly what happened, as I've told you. Well, I believe him, because after all, the boss of the ARA is on television, Dan Dilly, said he was never in the ARA. At least this man came out and told me the truth. 
And I believe he told me the truth because he knew he was dying in the mind and he wanted to ease his conscience. The truth that Rafferty heard was that his father was shot by Freddie Scappatici, the head of the IRA's punishment squad. In 2003, Scappatici was revealed to be a high-level agent for British intelligence, solidifying Rafferty's claims of a cover-up. Since, Scappatici has fled the country. Scappatici has signed an affidavit that his solicitor holds and that if anything ever happens to him, he's to release that. Many a people, a person, he's put to death with the knowledge of the RUC. And if he fell, the whole of Stormont would fall. It's as simple as that. Well, the police and the HCT and the Ombudsman and the other corrupt people up in Stormont may be hating this fellow Scappatici in London. He's not too far away from me. And that if he wants to try and take out another Arthur Rafferty, let him come to me. Simple as that. I've lost my life in a way that it, it's a vicious circle. This corrupt union that tortured my father and helped to murder my father has also killed me. I'm dying. The same people. Yet these people, when I walk past them in the street, go to the other side of the street. If they're driving past me in a car and they see me coming, their head shoots the other way. They don't want to talk to me. I told my father when he was down in the hospital, he was cut practically in two. The doctors in the hospital didn't, didn't. They told me that time I wasn't in the first night and he'd be dying that night. That man lasted for nearly four weeks, a good strong man. And he told me, he told me everything bar the people had done it. And I want to make sure that his story is heard. I told him I wouldn't leave it until I do. You're listening to The Andy Peter Show on Horizon Talk Radio. Here, Horizon Talk Radio.